Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old school greats and new school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. This episode is powered by denmeditation.com. The meditation is the primary focus. The bigger goal is for people to understand and love themselves, thus creating more harmony in the community at large. To find out more about Den Meditation's teacher training programs, retreats, and all things Den Meditation, go to denmeditation.com. Welcome. Welcome to Den Talks Podcast. This is Tal, your host. I'm the founder of Den Meditation. Um, and today, you guys, we have a Grammy-nominated multi-platinum songwriter. Can you believe it? She's an artist. She is a poet. She is a writer, clearly a songwriter. She has done so many songs, it's insane. But some of the big ones she co-wrote, Levitating and Physical by Dua Lipa and Dark Horse and Swish Swish with Katy Perry. And the list goes on and on and on. But what I love about her, she's also a tarot reader. She's also an intuitive. She's a public speaker. She does so much. And the reason we wanted her on here is she's helping people all the time, especially those in the creative realm of knowing how to get through these blocks. How do you not let fear get in the way? How do you do things authentically? How can you actually live by that creative spirit instead of getting overwhelmed by the business? Also, fun fact, we have Sarah doing a workshop with us, and not only any workshop, a summer solstice workshop. So manifesting in the matrix on the summer solstice, June 21st, 6 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. But again, these are virtual, so you can do this from anywhere. And if you can't make the live version, the recording will be sent to you, and you can do it anytime and keep it for yourself. So don't miss this opportunity to study with her, learn from her, and have an amazing, you get one-on-one. I mean, you're right there. It is live, virtual. You can be anywhere in the world and do this. So come join us. Go to denmeditation.com. This is a pleasure. I'm so excited to meet you. Hi. I know you too. Hi. 
it's like you're such like an interesting bundle of things combined. And that's why I'm so excited to talk to you. Oh, I love that description. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, look, we start every interview with the same questions. We're going to start there and then we'll just see where it takes us. But amazing. if you could just use one word to describe who you were five years ago and a word to describe you now, what would wow. the words be? I really love that. I have to think back. Okay. Five years ago. I know it's like a lifetime so pre-COVID. I would say searching. Mm, I like that. Um, and now I would say grateful. Oh, I love that. So when you say that, when you were searching, do you feel like you were less grateful at the time? No, I think I just didn't know the power of gratitude. Um, at that specific time and that that could really transform my state, my mental state. Um, but I'd say over the past five, you know, even, I don't know, five, four years, really implementing gratitude into my life has just, I mean, changed my mental health in so many ways. So, and talk about like how that looks different for you. So like, how do you notice you use gratitude now versus before? Um, I think it's like, you know, being grateful for the obstacles and the difficulties and the challenges rather than, because I've, you know, I've suffered from anxiety my entire life since I was little. And I think that Instead, it used to scare me so much and I used to feel like it was wrong, you know, to feel Your anxiety. Yeah, just not wrong, but like I used to feel like challenges were just like these big impending, like doom filled moments. Whereas if if I view them with gratitude, like I'm grateful for this moment because it's going to help me evolve and grow and learn how to deal with more moments like this. And I don't know, I think gratitude in, in, in a way of, yeah, being grateful for not just the good things, you know, mm -hmm. how, so be, you've always had anxiety is what you're saying. Like from, yeah. since you can remember. Yeah. Like, yeah. How did that affect you as a kid? Um, it really affected me as a kid in, in a lot of ways. I think that, you know, I come from um, a very musical, entertainment, artsy family, so, which is very cool, but also, you know, all over the place. And I think a lot of um, my parents' anxieties, I sort of like took them are, in and took them on. Are they anxious? My dad, yeah, he definitely has his anxiety 
issues. Um, but I think as a kid, I, I almost like shut down in a way. I almost was like, okay, I, I can't feel this. I have to like take control of, you know, my environment to make me feel okay and safe. And so the anxiety sort of took a back seat, but then it started to manifest in other ways, health, um, you know, work. Like I, I always sort of, I don't know, it manifested in areas of my life throughout my life, but in different ways. Um, but were, you were going to say something. I always, you were like, I always. What was I going to say? I always. Oh, I, I always sort of had, you know, obs- different obsessions of like my health. Am I going to die? Am I going to, you know, am I, am I going to have a career? Am I going to like, but it was all just the same anxiety, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it just manifested in different ways. So. So at the core, it's like this fear of death, this fear of like, I'm going to die and nothing will have been accomplished or I'm just going to physically die. I really have come to understand actually really this year, the past couple of years that it is this fear of death. I teach about this all the time and people always look at me like I'm crazy. And then they think about it where I'm like, we all, some heavier, it sounds like if you're wearing anxiety, it's probably a little more palpable, but we all carry, whether it's conscious or subconscious, this fear of death that comes out and it gets in the way of that's why so many people don't do so many things. And I'm not talking about like, go jump off the cliff and see if you can fly, but it's like, you know, so many elements of if I do this, is that smart financially? Because then I won't have this. And they all end up tying to this idea of, will I be okay? And it's kind of with death as that end goal. It's like this very finite feeling. Right. It's so true. And then I think of it too, in a way of like, well, we're all going to die. So why don't I just one thing or live my life to the fullest or, you know, a death definitely has like, it's, it's definitely like a constant sort of theme in a way. So you're super creative. Obviously you come from a creative family. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming you popped out like a bundle of creativity. Yeah, I just (laughs) really did. Yes. So when you had this anxiety, like, did you, was your creativity helpful in that way? Like, was that like a bomb? Yes, yes, yes. And like, sometimes I think like, could, could I be as creative as I am without it? You know, Mm. and again, comes in the gratitude. I'm like, okay, I'm grateful to feel this because then I can write about it and get it out. And then I think that's why a lot of the things that I write are, you know, people relate to them because everybody feels this way, you know, but yeah, definitely writing for me has been such a way to just move that energy, you know, um, not just writing music, but I mean, I excessively, you know, journal and, and like, um, write poetry and, you know, I'm writing songs pretty much every day. It's, it's very, it's such an incredible tool. You write songs every day? Not every day. No, not every day, but. But they come that fast. A lot. Yes, a lot. I mean, yeah, it's become, it's become, I've learned how to turn it into sort of a job in a way, you know, where I'm, where I can show up every day if I have to and access 
something to put up, to put out. I mean, that's amazing. So it's like, and when you were a kid, you feel like, how was it coming out when you were a kid? Were you a, a huge journaler? Uh, yeah, poetry. I mean, I mm, just wrote I poetry. I wrote so much poetry. And I look back now at stuff I wrote when I'm like 12 years old, 11 years old, and it's like very intense and dark. And I remember my mom <laughs> be like, where is this coming from? I'm like, I don't know. It just comes out, you know? Like give That's an example, if you can even think about like a snippet of something that was super dark. And by the way, 11 and 12 year old girls are fucking dark. Like true. I think- I guess true, yes. I, I think nobody quite understands the hell that's going on in all their heads. Very, very true. It's it's a very tumultuous age. I mean, I think just, you know, it was always very, like, a lot of heartbreak and a lot of, I went to Catholic school, so I also was, like, obsessed with this sort of, you know, images of, like, Jesus on the cross and these, like, heartache sort of, I don't know, this like t terror and heartache and, and emotion. And I think I was just, I needed to express sort of that darkness somehow, you know, I don't how know. Much, how much of the Catholic school was also part of your upbringing? Like how much of the religion was actually infused within you or how much of it was like, it's a school I went to? Um, you know, I wasn't really, we weren't religious. Like my dad's family is Italian Catholic. So, you know, very, very religious in that sense, that side of my family. Um, but we weren't like, you know, it wasn't like pushed on me to be Catholic per se, but I would say going to Catholic school, I went to Catholic school my whole life, like a little oh, kid wow. up until all girls private Catholic school with nuns and like the uniforms and the whole thing. Um, you were raised in LA, right? Yeah. I always found it kind That's of That's a dichotomy. Like, yeah, really. I, I, mm -hmm. I always found it very like romantic in a way, like this sort of imagery and sadness and the guilt and like it, it's dramatic. <laughs> it's you the know? drama. You like the drama. Yeah, I love sort of and the imagery of it. I loved, but it made me rebel so hardcore against religion, organized religion. And in no way was I a practicing Catholic or anything really to do with religion. So it's interesting. It really just pushed me the opposite way, which I'm grateful for, you know, Did you, grateful. grateful. Yes, that <laughs> That's going to be our drinking game yes. for those out there. Um, when you, when, when did you know, or maybe you didn't know, or when did you feel like, did you always know since you were so creative and raised in a musical family that you wanted to do something within music? Like, I know you also wanted to be a performer in front yes. or, or a songwriter. Do you always know there was going to be some, that's what you were going to pursue? Yeah, I always knew, like literally from the time I can remember, I always knew. I wanted to be, you know, Madonna, basically. I, wanted, I mean, I we all did. be a pop star. That was my... That was my, like, I'm doing it. I don't care. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Music and sort of, I always wrote and was, a song, you know, writing my own songs, but that sort of took its own course a little bit later. But yeah, now, I, I, and the high school I went to was like a very college prep type mm -hmm. of school. And I was from the beginning, like, nope, I'm getting out of here and I'm going for my dreams. Like, 
did your parents care? I mean, they both did this. They were similar, right? So Very similar. Yeah. My mom is a dancer, um, danced with, you know, uh, she went toured with like Roy Orbison and, you know, the Beatles and danced with Gene Kelly. I mean, she really was like, you know, incredible dancer and my father's a musician. And so, yeah, they were just kind of like, obviously it's what you're going to do. Like they never really had a, had a question. My dad was definitely like hesitant. He was like, Oh God, like, are you sure you want to set yourself up for this? It's a lot of rejection and, you know, intense career paths. And, but they were always, always, always supportive, which again, grateful, you know, I'm, I'm around so many people that, and have been that have had no support from their parents and their families. And I can't imagine that. I mean, I truly can't. What do you, cause I know you work so much like within the realm of manifestation now and creation and so much, I mean, at least I think of, you know, the basis of that is belief, like actual, you know, changing that vibration to belief. So yeah. what do you think? Cause you know, I, was in LA forever too, worked in entertainment. And I've always said, it's so interesting for these kids who, you know, grow up, you know, whose parents are either the famous actors or the amazing executives or the amazing writer. I mean, all my friends, like they all have kids and they grow up and those who choose to enter the industry. And I'm not saying this as it's easy because you have someone there. What I'm saying is, is do you think there's something too, because you were raised with parents who are actually showing they can do it, right. you, at least, you have that belief, that vibrational belief that it's actually possible. Yes. You know what I mean? Which is yes. so interesting that there's some people who could live in, you know, the middle of nowhere. And I know now it's changed with social media has really helped with that, I think. But yeah. back in the day, you could be in the middle of nowhere whose parents are, you know, who knows, doing whatever that's completely not even close to that. And you may not even believe that's something that could ever be possible. Totally. Totally. I think it's so huge. I mean, essentially, you know, I didn't know what it was called at the time, but I watched, you know, my dad manifest over and over and over again. I mean, his sort of belief and faith in his abilities and, and his dreams were like, nothing would, you know, nothing would stop him from just getting back up again and getting back up again. And so, I think definitely seeing that was such a confidence booster and, you know, already I had that inherent strength and example. So definitely. Yes. Yes. So you graduate high school and you're like, fuck college. Yeah. So what do you do? What do you do? Um, I, I was like, fuck college. You know, I didn't really know because so, some people think it's funny it's like some people think because my father was in music that it was like an easy sort of thing for me but it it actually just wasn't at all because first of all he you know worked on a lot of like rock and roll stuff and I love you know I loved from day one pop music and and that world and I also was like I want to do this on my own like it was very mm -hmm. important for me to do it on my own like it was it was very important for me to do that so anyway I didn't really know what to do right after high school I was like god I need to sort of get some songs recorded I don't who do I, I don't know anyone I just <laughs> I didn't know what to do, so I, I went to um, Musicians Institute 
in Hollywood, which is like, you know, it's just funny. It's like a, it's a funny sort of next step just to like try to go to music school, even though, I I mean, nothing against music school, but it's like, if you want to be in the music industry, it's almost like you just have to go, go, you know, (laughs) but going to that school really helped me because I found people to collaborate with. And that was, that is such a huge part of my life now, collaboration. So that taught me really how to collaborate and put my words to music and meet musicians and work with musicians and be in a band and, you know, perform and sort of learn those steps. Um, So I went there for like eight months and then I started doing shows in LA, just me and a guitar player, like anywhere I could, like Hotel Cafe and Genghis Cohen and all these sort of, you know, singer songwriter places. Um, And, you know, long story so short, I I did (laughs) these shows and a publisher was at one of the, came to one of the shows and um, she ended up really loving my style and my songs and she started working with me and you know it eventually signed me to a publishing deal um and that's kind of how it all sort of unfolded from that's amazing yeah Yeah. what do you what do you do in a business that's so public like when you have success everyone knows and i'm sure everyone's talking about it right and when you have failure Hmm everyone knows. Mm -hmm. And like, it sounds like your dad warned you when he was like, ah, don't go into this business. There's so much (laughs) failure. It's so tough. Talk about that though, because I feel like, especially for this audience listening though, I mean, look, it's a lot of people live in LA. So a lot of people are going for very big dreams, but regardless in life, we all hit disappointment. We all fuck up. We all have failures. We all don't get what we want sometimes. So like, but you're in where you are, it's, it's very, intense. It's like under a microscope. Yeah. I mean, I always, whenever I like speak to, you know, up and coming songwriters or just any, any sort of podcast or talk or anything about, you know, coming up in this industry, one of the things I talk about the most is failure and that, you know, failing forward and, you know, the 99 failures for your one success and all of these things, it's so imperative to fail and to like, you know, learn and get back up and do it again and get back up and do it again. And is, you know, there's times, obviously it's heartbreaking. Like I was dropped from two labels. I thought I was going to be this big you know, pop star at one point I had to, I was so broke and, you know, (laughs) filing for bankruptcy and, and all of these things. But I don't know, there's just this, if you just have this belief that you are connecting with some higher frequency and creating something that has to come out into the world, it's like, you just, move through the failures, you know? And for me, it, for me, it was always motivating every time something like that would happen. I would, I would be like, I'm going to, well, I'm going to show them, you know, well, I'm going to get back up. I'm going to keep going. I, I always used it as motivation for me. So it never, it didn't really like, it didn't really like, I don't know, get in my way. Which is amazing because you talk about having such strong anxiety. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. And I mean, that was definitely a part of this entire journey, you know? And I mean, trust me, there was times where, you know, I'm like, can I do this anymore? Can I get up this time and keep going? Like, I don't know, but I just did almost like something greater than me was like, come on, like, just do it. Come on, come on, come on. You know? Um, but I do have to say like back to gratitude and this was even before, you know, five years ago, I was in a really low place and I got the book, um, the magic by Rhonda Byrne. Hmm. And it's all about gratitude. It's like basically like a 30 day gratitude, you know, practice. And I did that book like word for word, exercise for exercise. And my frequency shifted and changed. And my vibration was just like different. And I was open And I swear to God, like within the next month of me doing that, I got a, you know, a phone call to go write um, with Katy Perry and we wrote like one of her biggest songs. And I had no idea at the time what I was doing. You know, I was like broke down and out. It was just, I don't know. I, I, so was that a huge turning point? Was that like the... It was a huge turning point. I mean, that was, that was like when I, like I said earlier, that was, I was living in a studio um, with no shower, no kitchen, like just one, literally one bedroom studio um, with my now husband, but my boyfriend at the time. And you can do that. Yeah. Married. <laughs> and it was filing. I was filing for bankruptcy. I was like, kind of like at the lowest of lows and I'm like something's got to change here with my energy because it was getting in the way of me continuing to create so that book I swear to god I put everything to that book and that moment two things amazing so you were like so then you went and wrote with Katy Perry and you're like I'm not filing for bankruptcy like literally (laughs) yes things are shifting but what made you what do you think was in you already to have the awareness and the wherewithal to say like I got to change my energy something's not okay because a lot of people would do the opposite and it's like victim 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 yeah but you went the opposite way it's like what can I do to shift this yeah well I've always 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 been a searcher and a seeker and a very spiritual person and I've always you know I've I've been in therapy since I was 13 since my family sort of broke apart and mm. Your parents divorce um, at 13. Yeah. And, you know, I went, I've, and I, you know, at 19, I went to, um, onsite this retreat therapy retreat. And, you know, I was going to agape when I'm like in music school and I'm all, I was always like, you know, help me, help me, help me like spirit, spirit, spirit. Always. Did you, did you ask to go to therapy after the divorce or did your parents put you? My parents, my parents put me in therapy. Smart. Yeah. And I mean, I swear to God, it was like such a game changer for me. I had the same therapist from 13, which is insane from 13 to like, I don't even know, 30, seven or something. Wow. Yeah. So she really just saw me through like a lot of my life. Um, 
but it was a game game changer because I, I I understood behaviors and I under I understood you know anxiety and and that kind of thing and but I was always searching so so you know I would just park myself for hours in like the spiritual section and the self-help section of bookstores and just, you know, I don't know. I don't know if that's something just within me or. It absolutely could be. I would love to get my hands on your chart. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But besides that, so what do you, like when you're depressed, you write, like when you're anxious, you write, like, is there certain music you listen to to get you through that? Oh yeah. I mean, um, you know, do you always have music playing? Always? A lot of times, yeah. I I grew up sort of, you know, in a house that was just playing the Beatles, Joni Mitchell, mm-hmm. Bob Dylan, um, you know, Tori Amos, like all mm-hmm. the sort of very emotional, uh, classic, incredible music. And so I always sort of refer to that and like go back to your that. Childhood. Yeah. And like, you know, Lou Reed, Velvet Underground. I I probably listen to the Velvet Underground every single day. It's like <laughs> Wow, look at that. Okay. Yeah. So which is, is your but is your husband in the business too? He is, yeah. He's a um he's a DJ producer. Um his name is Alice Dream. He's like really big in the bass music world and you know, touring like crazy. And we actually met because I moved out to New York after music school, after I got signed um, to a publishing deal. And I got then, again, long story short, signed to a record deal as an artist. And my label put together a band for me, and he was in the band. Ah! (laughs) I know. This was like 2000, um, I want to say 2003, 2004. I mean, that's like you guys were set up. Yeah, literally. So yeah, we became just best friends and then started dating shortly after I had got dropped from my label. And then him and I started a band together. So him and I were in a band then for about six years. And then he, and then that was, that took us to that moment of where I'm like, we're living in the studio we're so broke. He's like, you know what? I'm done with this band. I want to start my own project. And I was kind of like, oh God, well, what do I do? You know? And, and that was that, that time. Wow. Yeah. And, and so then when things start changing, cause I mean, clearly you've always been a seeker. You, you, it sounds like you, I mean, I love it when you go on your Instagram, the first thing isn't songwriter. It's not that it's light worker, right, which yes. love. And from the business I'm in, you see a lot of people say that. So it's yes. interesting coming from you. So clearly you, you, you relate to energy. Um, it feels like almost first and foremost before anything else. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yes. T- talk about how that, how you bring that into all your songwriting. Um, I, you know, I, I call myself that first, whether it is, you know, spiritual being or light worker or light holder or, you know, a star seed, like all of these things that I, I know that I am. And I, I call myself that first because I really believe that I, and we as creators are channels and it's just, 
this energy is up here and we bring it through our vessel and create and put light out into the world. And I, I know that, you know, I know, I don't know really when it sort of like hit me that, that one of my gifts is being a muse and being a, um, assisting others in Mm. achieving their dreams and assisting others in putting light out into the world. So yeah, I don't know. I just, I really look at my, my creative process that way and the music I create that way, that it's my chance to put out the, my light into the world. And that's how I can heal and that people and heal myself and be a part of something bigger than just like, you know, I'm not, in no way do I think like, Oh, I write these songs and they all come from my brain and it's me, me, me. Like I've never (laughs) thought that. Obviously I put my personality into, into it too, but, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's way bigger than that. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. But it, not everyone says that, especially in your business. Yeah. And I think and I think that that's one of my missions here is to be that sort of anchor and be that energy in this business, in the business that I'm in. Talk about that shift because, you know, like you said, your original goal is like you wanted to be a pop star, like for... Yeah. What we did, it's like, you know, in TV, it was like, are you in front of the camera? Are you behind the camera? You know, so it's like that same idea. Are you in front stage or backstage, you know? And so it's really beautiful what I'm hearing you saying. And you're saying it with such amazing purpose. Like you truly understand what's so important about it. Mm -hmm. But that's a huge shift from thinking the other way. So talk about... A, that shift, and then also the ego part of it, how that ego got like unstrung from wanting something else. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that there was a turning point for me of, you know, I love to perform to this day. I love it. It's one of my joys. And I, and I feel that that is one of my talents is being in front of people and, and singing and speaking. And I, I, I really, do love that. But there was a shift, I think, at some point when I realized like, oh, we're all artists. Like I'm, I'm, it's not that I'm not an artist anymore. I still put my art out into the world. And that's, that's in a so huge cool. way. Yeah. And I, and I don't have to be that person that's, you know, in the arena doing it for the people or I don't know, it just kind of like shifted into this place. And I really became, I think I fell in love with, um, assisting another artist. Do you remember a specific moment where you realize that fully settled? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like sometimes it's almost like that moment, you know, you're really over that ex-boyfriend cause you're like just staring at them. So happy for something. <laughs> you're like, Oh, I feel that in my bones that I'm like actually shifted energy. Like, do you remember a moment for you that you're like, yeah, that's like, I feel that I yeah. felt that shift. Yeah, I do. I think that I, right. You know, around that time I was talking about when, you know, we in my studio and my band broke up. I was like, that was sort of the moment where I was like, okay, like, well, what do I do? Like, what do I, what can I do 
really well. And what have I been doing all these years? I've been writing songs. So I want to take a second and not write about me anymore. I don't want to write about like what I want to hear. I just, I was kind of over it in that moment. And I met this artist through another writer, a friend of mine named Faraz. And um, he was making an album and I had heard, I, I hit him up on MySpace. Oh, MySpace <laughs> days. I know, I know, it's <laughs> hilarious. And I said, Hi, you know, I was like, hey, I'm Sarah. I'm, in, you know, and I, I wrote with this mutual friend we have and he said, you know, we should work together. And we worked together one day and I just, he's an incredible piano player and we had this chemistry and we loved the same artists and we loved the same style of music. And, and I just, it, it kind of clicked for me in that moment of like, oh, I can write with and for other people also. I don't just, it doesn't all have to be about me. And I loved it. It just was like mm. a new I don't know. It was a new light bulb that was like, oh, this is cool, you know? And then I think that process and then getting to work with Katy Perry during that time too, it started to just really become clear to me that a big part of my journey here is to, you know, be that for other people too. I mean, what a beautiful gift that you figured that out because now, first yeah. of all, you're, I mean, you're kicking ass. It's insane. Like how successful you, you are successful in so many like definitions of it, but it, you can feel it when you talk to you, how just absolutely satisfied you are with what you get to do. Yeah. Which, I also, I also think too, that for me, you know, I have a tendency to, I could go, if I didn't have like the light and my, you know, God side, if I didn't, if I don't really, um, put attention to that, I can go the complete opposite way. I can really self-destruct and go down a destructive path. And I think as an artist and signed to a label and this whole lifestyle, at least a little bit of it that I got to experience, I don't know that I would have necessarily survived that. Mm. And by survived, what do you mean? Mentally, I don't know if it would have turned into some sort of addiction issue, um, just destructive, because I, I think, you know, in order to know the light, like I feel like I know the light, you have to know the dark. Yes. So, and, and I have, you know, the ability to go to that dark side, but I consciously keep myself in alignment with the light. So, so yeah, I don't know if I kind of accepted that too. Like, I don't know if that was your path. I don't know if I had the, the wherewithal to really survive that emotionally, maybe even physically. I don't know. I mean, right. And you look around, a lot of people don't survive that. A it's, lot of people don't. <laughs> it's, it's not even, it's it, not it's easy. It's not a natural state for a human being to be in, you know? So, right. I, so if you don't have a sort of grounding or any kind of practice. So you, when you refer to the light and your God, 
talk about what that means for you and how much of it, when you think back to like your Catholic school upbringing, mm -hmm. how much of it is a still similar relationship and how much of it is a different relationship? Um, you know, to me, God, for a long time, I didn't like the word because I associated it with my Catholic school and yep. this man in the sky and this whole thing. Um, but I don't know. It's like I use that word every day. I think, you know, to me, God is me and you and my dogs and the flowers and my song and, you know, the plants and the energy and this vibration and this frequency of pure light and joy and um, freedom. And it's this, to me, God is just this frequency and energy um and to be in like a god space like there's certain there's certain people i write with write songs with that when we write together i always say like we hit a god space like it's almost mm -hmm. like we're out of body and it's 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 this space for me um you know but i do i do believe in spirit guides and angels and you know energies that we can't physically see but it's very different than you know what i thought god was as a child or what i was taught god is you know but i never really ever subscribed to it i i always thought it was like a cool story and you know adam and eve and jesus and all these things but i never really subscribed to it so which is impressive having been that many years in Catholic school. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I don't know if I knew. I, I was confused by it all, you know, because like I was like, oh, my my godfather, who is very close to me, he's passed away now. He's gay. So and I grew up with him and then I'm learning in school. Oh, it's you know, you, it's wrong to be gay. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like my, <laughs> my godfather who loves me, who I love, like he's gay. So he's going to hell or he, I didn't quite get but it. Good for you. Cause some people still go to this, you know what I mean? It's, it's great that you had the ability to actually step out and logically look at those things. Yeah. Yeah. So when you talk about your spirit guides and you talk about the God space, I mean, first of all, I find it fascinating because I think the one thing I feel like almost everyone could agree on is, you know, there's that certain music, which is why we play things at different times, right? If you're depressed, you go to something because it gives you that vibration or happy, yeah. you know, and, and sometimes I feel like that's what's the amazing about concerts, right? It, you can hit this God space that yeah. collectively everyone can almost hit together. Yes. Um, but you can also hit it in your car, like yeah. listening to something. Um, and you can try and repeat it with that same song and it doesn't always work. Yeah. So there is something about whatever's happening in that moment. Talk a little bit about like that, because here you are someone who's understanding kind of this bigger connection and you also work in music. Talk about when they collide and where has it brought you? It's just when they, when it collides like that and you really tap into that space, it's for me, it's like, it, that is why I do it. That's why I'm still here. That's why I keep going because it's just, there's nothing like it. I mean, it makes, and it makes me very emotional. Like I, get, I was going to say, you're getting emotional talking about it. It makes me so me too. 
emotional. Like I cry for days. I feel like almost like it's weird. Sometimes it feels like such a familiar feeling. Like I I'm home or something. Mm, yeah. And I feel it and I'm like, Oh my God. Like I want to hang on to it forever. You know? Do you think that's its purpose? Yeah, I do. I think it's, I think whenever we hit that space, um, I think that is truly what, why we're here. Like, I think it's, we're here to remove these sort of like conditionings and programs and all of these things that like this planet and, you know, being on in this dimension and it sort of bombards us daily with these sort of earthly things. And then when we, when we step out of that and we're just these like vessels and we hit that moment, whether it's creating, like you said, listening to a song, going to see a show, laughing, like whatever it is, that space, I just think that's, that's why we're here. I don't know, to remember that. So it's how do you, cause you say you're saying you, you know, when you're like kind of off balance from it, what are your yeah. practices? What do you do to keep yourself? And it feels, and from what I know about you, you bring that to the table as you work, yeah. which is very unique and different. Yes. Um, you know, I know when I'm, I know when I'm strayed because I feel that anxiety. It's mm. that's how it manifests in me is anxiety you know, fear, um, just low vibrations. Um, so I know immediately it's like, okay, you got to get back on your horse, you know? And for me, um, meditating is so huge for me. Um, you know, ultimately daily in the morning before anything else, that's just the prescription for me of just like, it just gets my head right. And it get, it sets me on this certain frequency for the, for the day to go into the world and stay in, you know, a grounded place. Um, meditating is huge. Nature is so huge for me. Just, I go to Sedona a lot. I just being in, you know, nature, water, just earth elements like that. Um, and writing, I'll, I'll definitely writing. Not so much music, because I, I feel like, well, I, I do that, obviously, as, you know, for my work, and I love it, but I need to write out, I just need to journal, and for me, it's journaling, just getting it out, because I have a lot of just, like, going on in my head all the time, so it's like, if I get it out, it, like, clears the space. And then the creativity comes through. Yes. Yes. When's like, do you remember the first thing? It sounds like you were always creative, but do you remember the first time you did something that you knew was good or like in your mind, you're like, oh, I, I might be special with this. Like, this is something different. You mean as far as like a creation goes or? Yeah. Yeah. I, I probably was like, I don't know, 13 or 14 or something. And like, I wrote this little <clears throat> song on the piano 
And it was so simple. It was like called star. And it was about just like a star and the universe. And, you know, and I remember being like, oh, this is cool. And I, I like just did something, I think. Like, I remember feeling like, wait, I just did something. I don't know. That moment will always sort of stick out to me because even though nothing happened with it and it was just this tiny little thing, but that was definitely a moment of like, oh, that's possible, you know? Do you remember it? I don't remember. I only remember this one line. I don't remember the music, but it was star is all I see when the day is night and the night is me. How old were you? That's a great line. I know. I was like 12 or I don't know, 13, 14, 12, like around that, that age. And I always just had this sort of universe galaxy vibe, you know? And I just remember like putting it out in that one line and being like, Oh, now was there any, did you show it to anyone or was this a total? No, I showed it to my, I put it on a little tape recorder and I showed it to my dad and I, I, I don't know if he ever even reacted to it or ever even listened. I don't remember, but I remember giving him the tape. Like, oh, so you gave it to him and like walked away. Yeah, I, was like, I, I wrote this thing, like, listen to it, you know, and I don't know. I, I can't remember if he even did, but, but yeah. Well, I love that you don't remember that because that moment was so purely your own. Yeah. Yeah. And about like, you knowing I don't know. It's like, you know, when, when you can kind of go in hindsight and be like, oh, here are all the pieces. It's like, that was an important one. It feels like. Yep, definitely. And it was you on your own. That's amazing. So talk about how you bring kind of the spirituality, this, you being this girl of the universe into, you know, you, like you said, you work with other people, you collaborate yeah. a lot. So yeah. how often are you walking into a room with someone you've never met before? Um, All the time. I mean, you know, not so much now I'm, I'm at like a place where I can sort of curate and yeah, be a little more um, selective with who I'm working with or, you know, but still new people all the time, you know, and I always, I bring like Oracle cards with me. I bring, you know, I have to always set the room vibe, the lighting, the lighting stage, I'm doing the whole thing, you know, just because energy to me in the room is like everything. So I have to sort of be like, okay, I'm in a, I I can like create here, you know? And, and I find, I read the tarot too. So sometimes I'll bring my tarot cards and do kind of a reading or something. And it, it opens doors of conversation, you know, like, we pull cards and it's like, Oh, I got the card of, you know, transformation. And it's like, well, what does that mean for you right now? It's almost like a weird spiritual therapy session or something. And it just gets the conversation going to me. It's like before, if I'm meeting a new artist or a new writer, I want to like talk to you for an hour before we write a song. Like, what do we, what do we have that's in common. What are we going through that we have in common? And let's write about it, you know? Cause I think when it comes from an authentic place, it's like, that's when people listening are, can relate. So 
What about the dichotomy in the business too? Of it's interesting because I feel like artists at the core are you have to be authentic to create, right? You're you have to create from a pure place, but then there's so much bullshit that surrounds it. Yes, there so, is. T- yeah, so talk about that mix of like how do you a stay within authenticity, which is you know a, a beautiful spiritual place, but also how do you navigate it? Right, it's really challenging sometimes. <laughs> I have to say, because I always think like the like music and the music business and the industry, it's like they're so polar opposite, you know, because one one side is so pure and from such a pure place of creation and art. And then the other side is business and strategy and contracts and, you know, money and all of these things. So I think I learned throughout the years, you know, it definitely took some understanding and learn and experience to learn that like, I just go in, like I go in a room and I'm like, I don't think about like, okay, we got to write a hit and we got to go to radio and we got to like, I just don't think about that. And I, I try to really be there in the moment and create the best thing in the moment. And then I walk away, like almost like, okay, we did that. and I don't, I'm not going to be attached to this. Like we made something and now it's, out of my hands and I'm going to walk away. It's, it's the only way that has like saved me emotionally because I would get so attached when I first started doing this with other people, I would get so attached to these songs and these, the ideas of these songs and, oh, this artist has to do this song. And if it doesn't come out, it's going to just, you know, be the worst thing in the world. And it was this whole thing, but, but with all the politics of it all, I just, I have no control over it. So for me, I try to separate it. Mm. It's, it's interesting. It's not easy. It's not easy. But it's like you're birthing it. And it's kind of like once I birth it, it has to find its own current and vibration and then it'll be what it's going to be. Yeah. And, you know, obviously like I'll fight for certain songs. I'm like, I'm obsessed with this. Like I'll push it, you know, to as much as I can. But, but yeah, I have to let it go because it's sometimes it's like some of the, you, you might think you made, you know, a, an, the, and the Basquiat of songs <laughs> and you're like, this is the, gotta be in the world. And it might never find a vehicle or come out in any way. And I don't know, like it's, it would devastate me if I would stay attached to it. Is there, of all the songs you've done and like collaborated on is there one that you've loved the most that people have never heard because it it did die that death or the ones that you've felt the most passionate about actually somehow found a life there's definitely some ones that are sitting sort of you know on a shelf somewhere (laughs) yeah definitely a handful that i still am holding you know belief in that maybe one day we'll find a home um but in some way or another, like the ones that are really meant to come out and for people to hear, they always do. For the most, That's, is there a song that 
Is there a song that you remember writing with someone that was the, you're like, holy shit, that it, it needed to be birthed so badly. It came out so fast. It was so easy. Like right then there, you're like, yeah, done. Yeah. I think, um, there's a song that, um, I wrote with this, the artist is Elenium and it's featuring um, this artist, John Bellion, but I wrote the song with two people in particular that are, they're like my best friends, um, this guy, Jason Evigan and this other guy, Jay Hart. And we write a lot together and we tap into that space. And we wrote a song called um, Good Things Fall Apart. And that song just I don't know how we wrote it. I really don't. And I listen to it to this day. Like I literally just listened to it this morning and I don't listen to a lot of the songs I write, but that one in particular I listen to and I'm like blown away by it. I'm like, how did we do this? Like, and it just came out. It was does the, when you listen to it, does it bring you back to that moment? Like of yeah. kind of that flow? Yeah, it brings me back. Cause I, I, that one in particular, I literally have like no memory of how <laughs> it was created, like step yeah. by step vibes, but it does bring me back to the energy of that day and the three of us in that room. And it was so fun and so emotive and so easy. And like, it was an effortless flow and it brings me back to that that space. And that is what makes me emotional is that space, mm. you know? Yeah. And I'm like, God, that was so special. Like, I can't believe that we experienced that, you know? Do you feel other moments in your life that you cook and equate to that space that have nothing to do with writing or songs? Yeah, definitely. Like, you know, human, I definitely connection with human, other humans. I mean, I have a lot of, I feel like I have not a lot, but I have, I'm lucky to have like soul relationships, like soulmate Me too. friendships and, you know, with my husband and my best friends and the people I work with, like those relationships bring me that to that space. Definitely love as simple as it sounds. No, I mean, it's everything, right? Yeah, it truly is. Now you're worth speaking of that space. Like you're doing more now than just like songwriting, right? Are you, you're doing workshops, you're doing other stuff. That's kind of about tapping into this energy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did. You know, I always would speak on like panels and for music and music industry stuff and I always speak from a place of, you know, a spiritual place. Um, and I started doing more and more of that on my Instagram and con the conscious life expo. I don't know if you've heard of it, but yep. some, somewhere, play, some thing I've been going to for literally like, I don't know, as long as it's been going like 10 years or something. Um, they reached out to me last year and said, you know, would you want to, do a workshop and speak. And I was like, Oh my God, he's like, I'm following your Instagram and you're so inspiring. And you know, would you want to do it? And I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. Like, this is so cool. You know, I love talking about this kind of thing. So I put together this, um, workshop called manifesting in the matrix. And it's just kind of about the, the tagline was claim your power in a system that wants you powerless. Mm, yes. So <laughs> it was like, 
I formatted it out of just like the steps to manifesting and the steps to really manifesting in a system where we're constantly being bombarded with like, you know, negativity and fear and all of this. So that was a really big moment for me because I loved it and I loved how inspired I felt and how inspired these people felt that were there that walked away and that messaged me afterwards. And it was just like a moment where I was like, okay, I, I, I have like a new avenue or a new purpose to put my message out there, you know? So I'm doing it again in um, February and I'm, and this time I want to focus my talking into creating, um, and how to like, it's almost like the same thing, like how to manifest in, in a system that, you know, wants you just sort of in fear, but in like muse in music or art or creation and how to bring these tools into your creative process. Um, you know, and eventually I'd love to do these workshops for creative people, for songwriters, for artists. And, you know, that's sort of my big term, big long-term goal. I mean, I love that because you said that you found your purpose in songwriting because you realized that part of your light is to help others find their light. Yes. Yeah. And so this is a whole nother way to do that, that is still within that same purpose. Yeah. And it's like, we're not ever told these things in in this industry that i'm in like it's never about you know pure creation and like mm, you know right it, or mental health or spiritual health or how that can all sort of tie into you know creating like we're never really told those things so i feel like there's a big space for that and it's such a um it's just such an intense like life path and journey in this type of business in anything entertainment creative you're up against so much and there's so much comparison and ageism and sexism and you know all of these types of things that you know we're not like we're not given the tools to be strong enough to like continue, you know, pursuing our dreams. So. Yeah. I can only imagine, I would think you bringing this kind of edge of, edge is like the wrong word, but yeah, the spotlight of spirituality and just kind of wholeness into what everyone does. Have you ever worked with anyone that kind of doesn't normally kind of operate that way? And by the time you guys are done, they're like, okay, <laughs> like you've, like they've really start seeing things in a different way. Um, I don't, not so much. I mean, I, I've been fortunate to work with people that, that get it and that are kind of on the same page. You know, there's definitely people that they just, they're not into sort of any of that type of vibe or energy and, and they're just in there to, you know, write a song and that's it. And, and that's cool. Like I'm, you know, you don't, we don't have to have the same on things. That's just how I do it, you know, but I ultimately, yeah, I haven't really been met with much resistance. I have to say on that end. Well, that's great. And that says yeah. something, right? 
Yeah, it's like there's so much pressure, and especially for these artists, they're going into rooms with new people every day, new songwriters, and there's just a lot of pressure to like be be successful and have a hit song and all this stuff. And it's like sometimes I do hear a lot like, "Oh, that was fun." Like people forget to, this should be fun. Like this should be we should be feeling joy and like and connection and you know so that that's always cool i think if anything like people i try to bring an energy to to these writing sessions that i do of like let's like laugh a little bit let's talk things out let's like we don't it doesn't have to be this huge pressure thing you know i don't know that's another thing over the years too i really had to learn is like it's not so precious like every right. thing is not so it's not life or death we're not fighting in a war here we're writing a song it's like let's just let it come out you know do you get burnt out yeah i really do that's that's why like when earlier when i said uh, writing songs every day i i'm i'm not actually writing songs every day <laughs> there, there was a point where i was but now i really learned for myself that it's like i have to go live my life and i have to have days off to like you know just go and like sit with a tree or like go with see a friend or live my life read a book like do something that will fuel me to go write again so i i'm fortunate to be at a place where i can do that now um but yeah if i'm like writing every single day i'm definitely i burn out yeah, no, I could imagine. And then yeah. so for you, it's like nature and reconnection is what yes. helps you. Yes, big time. Well, you're amazing. I've taken up a good chunk of your time. I'm really, I'm grateful. So everyone drink. <laughs> um, I'm very grateful for this because I do think, first of all, it's amazing. I mean, the people you've worked with, the things you've accomplished, it's it's incredible. But I just really love your take on it all. And I do feel like you found a way to harness all of who you are. And I think that's what everyone needs to learn no matter what they're doing, whether it's in the creative field, because everything is creation, you know, even yeah. if you're a lawyer, you're creating every day. So it's yeah. like, how can you harness that energy? I think it's so important. Yes. Well, thank you so much. I, I agree. And I, I love, you know, talking about this and thank you for having me. And, you know, I love, love, love the den and um, everything you know, you guys are about. So I'm really grateful. Oh, I appreciate that. So everyone hold on a beat while she does her personal practice for us. And thank you. And we should have you come do a workshop for us. I would love that. I would. Yeah. Love that. And now Sarah is going to lead us in her personal practice and she is going to show us how we can really harness gratitude. So something that's worked for me in my life a lot is a practice of gratitude. Um, and it's a 30 day practice. And if 30 days seems overwhelming, it can be a 10 day practice, but has to be a consecutive amount of days. So, um, let's say 30 days, like it's a month, right? Every single day for me, I love, I love to do it in the morning just because, it sets my day. It starts my day. It's writing down 10 things that I'm grateful for 
And it can be down to the most specific thing of, you know, I'm grateful for my hands because without my hands, I couldn't pick things up and pet my dogs and whatever it is. So you have to say what you're grateful for and why. And you write down 10 things. And then after you write them all down, read each one out loud. And afterwards say, thank you, thank you, thank you. So you read it out loud. I'm grateful for my hands because my hands allow me to pet my dogs and clean up my house and make food. And, and then, you know, really take it into your heart space and say, thank you, thank you, thank you. After every single, uh, thing you're grateful for. Sometimes you can even, and this is what the book, The Magic, this is what, you know, this book taught me is you can even go specific. So today is going to be all food related things. I am grateful for the farmer that farmed these potatoes because I'm enjoying these potatoes right now. You know, it goes down to every single aspect of food. And then the next day it can be whatever, you know, health. And then it can be animals. You can, you can do different themes or you can just, you know, pick anything that you're grateful for. Um, and watch, literally watch how you feel from the first day you started to the end of the 30 days. And like I said, even 10 days, 20 days, your frequency is that you're at a different frequency. You're at a different vibration. You are so open to manifest and to bring in more abundance and more gratitude and more things to be grateful for. You know, that's the whole practice. So, so yeah, I like to physically write it down to not in my phone. I like physical, there's something about like a physical, pen to paper that's like getting it out. So that's my 30 day gratitude practice. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.